I'm reading Psalm 82. It's on page 492 if you're using the church Bibles. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. This is the word of God. Thank you, Jody. Uh, if you're visiting today, this is a special Sunday for us because we're not only going to dip into Psalm 82, probably a little bit more briefly than normal, because we are going to be bringing in, swearing in, I don't know what you want to call it, our first crop ever of deacons. And so, yeah, thank you. And so, we're going to kind of fly over this briefly, but uh, just have that on your radar. For some reason, you need that on your radar. Um, President Donald J. Trump. That's probably a wild disparity in the sorts of feelings that have gone on uh, when this guy's name and his office are brought up in conversation. That's because we all instinctively, I think, have an understanding of how important leadership really is. From business to church, from government to your family, we could literally spend all day talking about the men and women in positions of authority in your life and what sort of marks they've made on your life, for better or for worse. Well, Psalm 82 wants to put the actions of our leaders in perspective for us today. Whether you have good feelings or anxious feelings or loathsome feelings about the authorities in your life right now, Psalm 82 has a word for you this morning. Before coming, just before coming to serve at Trinity a few years ago, I worked for a local software company just up the street. And the structure of that company was, was really flat. And if you're unfamiliar with what a flat company is, it just means they only have a few levels of middle management between the staff and the executives. And so I can remember a bunch of occasions sitting in a boardroom with the executive team, but waiting for the CEO to show up. The members of the exec team were way above my pay grade, which wasn't that hard of a place to be, and they were uh, far above my intellectual capability too, which also wasn't a hard place to be. But I can remember times sitting in the boardroom with these execs, chopping it up, just um, talking about the company or the weather or whatever, waiting for the CEO to come. And the meetings would never start without him. The whole agenda was oriented around him. And then when he finally arrived, there was this sense of purpose and direction. Okay, we can move forward now. This is the dude. I mean, this guy is every boss's boss in the company, right? So let's hear him weigh in on these initiatives. Well, I think that's exactly what's happening in Psalm 82 here. I think it's theoretical, what the psalmist is talking about, but the picture that he's painting for us is that it's kind of like we're in the boardroom with Jesus. Exclusive access into this boardroom. Grab your popcorn, a front row seat. It's going to be very good and entertaining because everybody's boss's boss just strolled in. And he's about to sort of articulate 
what he's uh, been noticing or seeing in his subordinates. So this divine council has gathered. That word God's there in verse 1, maybe that was curious to you when you read through this, uh, because down in verse 7, those gods end up dying. So you're like, how could a god die? Well, the word, this particular use of God here isn't a reference to some kind of immortal being at all. Uh, in the Old Testament, the word for God, Elohim, you're probably familiar with that word, Elohim can be used to refer to God, but it can also be used to refer to those who are like God in some way, in, in the way that they uh, sort of wield authority, in reference to judges or p- people in positions of leadership. So God can refer to both those kinds of, uh, both God and those kinds of people in the Old Testament. So in verse 1, God strolls into this meeting. The God strolls into this meeting and sits down to articulate his perspective, his judgment of how the subordinates are doing. And so make no mistake, we need to remind ourselves of this constantly. The world's powers are subordinates. They are subordinates. They may not think it, they probably don't show it and don't know it, but they are subordinates. And we should all take great comfort in that today. Well, in Psalm 82, it's time for their annual review, and it is not pretty. Number one this morning, the authority of all authority. The authority of all authority. All of those, of all those on this council, God holds the right to judgment. It's because he sits above them. It's because he's the king of the kings. And so you may not be the CEO of your company. You may not wield any kind of global power. But each of us has little bits of authority sprinkled throughout our lives. And all authority comes with responsibility, all of it. So wherever your authority lies in your life, in your home, on that board, on that team, in the workplace, whatever, the question we should ask ourselves is, when the king sits down at the board table with us, at the conference table, will our authority grade out as godly or godless? Godly or godless? So look at two here. How do, you, how do you know whether or not your authority, how it grades out? Look at number two, the rule of godless authority. Find this in verse two. And the results in verse five, the rule of godless authority. Look at how the authorities were ruling at the time this psalm was penned. Now, Asaph is the guy who wrote this thing, and there's no consensus to when, when he wrote it in his life and what the world events were that were surrounding it. But the point remains the same. The authorities were being chastised by their authority, by God, for making unjust and partial judgments. Now, if you're anything like me, you immediately dismiss these sorts of things as the sins of the godless. I'm not partial and I'm not unjust. Not me. I haven't, I haven't given in to these sorts, uh, these sorts of sins, at least. But I'm, I'm not so persuaded that we're as innocent as we might think that we are. Here's one area that I discovered in my life this week where I am tempted as a father to judge unjustly. And I'm not sure where this same type of sin might surface in your life, but arguments between our kids can be pretty complicated and hard to adjudicate if you're anything like my house, if your house is anything like mine. More often than admit, though, than I'd like to admit, instead of pursuing justice, all I want is quiet. Instead of pursuing justice, all I want is comfort. So instead of taking the time to hear both sides of the argument, that process takes way more time and effort than I usually want to give. Instead of doing that, I shame my kids into just shutting up. Whatever squabble they're having, I just want it to go away. And when I act like that, 
I'm teaching them, I'm not teaching them anything about how God rules in those moments. I'm seeking my own comfort and judging unjustly. And while you may not struggle with this particular thing, maybe you're an empty nester or don't have children, I think we could all own the fact that our hearts often seek comfort over justice. Our hearts seek comfort over justice. And when leadership is exerted unjustly on a grander scale, what you get is verse 5. No knowledge, no understanding, no light, just darkness, the blind leading the blind. And this is literally the state of our world right now. No one knows what's right, what standard to hold to. We've lost the moral compass because we've rejected God. Drag queens are twerking for elementary schoolers, and this is celebrated. Our right to brutally kill babies, to kill people, little people, is not only allowed, but is celebrated by Congress with standing ovations. Man, our world is jacked up. It's because we have increasingly allowed the godless to enter into positions of authority and to wield influence as they've walked away from the light of God, light of the word of God. They've increasingly plunged us into the darkness of verse 5. So that's, that's the result of the godless being in, uh, being in authority. But there's an alternative here. The pursuits, number three, the pursuits of godly authority. So you've got all these powerful people seated there around the board table, and God is like, listen, you guys are corrupt. Your rule is marked by darkness, so do this instead. And there are four things here that mark godly authority. We talked about them just before Elizabeth came up. Giving justice, defending the helpless, rescuing the needy, delivering from oppression. Giving justice, defending the helpless, rescuing the needy, and delivering from oppression. I wonder if these sorts of things mark your life. Of course, your tax dollars help with some of these sorts of things. But have you considered wielding the little bits of authority in your life to create and support systems that pursue these kinds of ideals? Giving justice, defending the helpless, rescuing the needy, delivering from oppression. There are so many avenues for these sorts of pursuits, Trinity. We heard about one this morning. I'd encourage you to take a few moments sometime today to just consider how you can pursue just one of, one of these. Pursue justice, defend the helpless, rescue the needy, deliver from oppression. Well, as God continues to press into this council meeting, he wants to make the distinction clear. Hey guys, your rule is nothing like my rule. And it certainly won't last like God's rule. Which brings us to the final point for this morning. Number four, the fate of all human authority. The fate of all human authority. Look at verse six. You are gods, sons of the Most High, and like men you shall die and fall like any prince. This verse here should produce, I think, the same sort of smirk that Rob talked about last week from Psalm 52. When you see corrupt leaders, you should have a sort of holy grimace about the situation. But you should also remember, they're going to die. Their power is only temporary. And though the pain they might cause is actually legitimate, it will not last forever. They may be the boss right now. But there's always the boss's boss who's going to come and, who, and to whom they are eventually accountable to. There's this illusion of power that they have right now. And you might be in the same boat as them in your life right now. You may feel like you've got life by the tail, that you're on top of it. 
but it's an illusion, and we would all do well to recognize it because we, like all men, like all princes, will fall and die. Your power, authority, and influence will fade into oblivion. So hitch your wagon to the only one that isn't true for. His judgments are forever. His ways are always good. Every CEO ever is trying desperately to creatively find ways to keep their company afloat and then growing and thriving. And every CEO ever will in the end fail. Blockbuster laughed when Redbox debuted. A year or two later, it was Redbox laughing at Blockbuster. And then it was Netflix's turn to giggle. And then I think it's going to be Disney Plus that ends up LOLing at all of them, right? Have you guys heard about Disney Plus? Taking, well, that ruins that illustration. <laughs> it's like the new and better Netflix, okay? Um, it's coming. Power, authority, influence, they're all so fleeting. The good news is that God isn't like any of those CEOs, though. He won't fail. His rule lasts. He's sovereign and good, and he wields his rule for good in your life. We don't always understand his ways and his reasons. I grant that, but they are good. It should make a difference to know in your life who the real ruler actually is. It's so vitally important to remember who's got the final say. In closing here, I don't think, I don't think Asaph necessarily intended this, but the irony of the link between verses 6 and 7 is too rich to leave unexplored. In verse 6, you've got the sons of God dying, powerful men fading off into eternity. And obviously that rhythm continues on in 2019. But the most powerful man ever, the Son of God, Jesus, like all men before and after, he died. Just like verse 6 says, he died to suffer under the righteous wrath of God so that we wouldn't have to to pay a debt to God that we could never afford to pay. His body was laid in a tomb, left to rot. His legacy and influence left to limp on in the memories of his followers until they died too. But then look at verse 7. God got up. Arise, O God. Jesus, the Christ, arose. God's CEO rose in victory to make his claim. He showed how different he is from all the other authority figures that have ever existed. He died, but his death did not claim him as it had other, every other human authority in history. Death got licked that day that Jesus rose to claim his inheritance. It's interesting, the inheritance here in Psalm 82 is the nations, and that's exactly what Jesus rose from death to claim, an inheritance of nations. We'll sing about it in a couple of minutes. I think we American Christians are prone to panic about the waning faith and morality in our nation, the corruption, the violence, El Paso, Antifa, abortion. I mean, we've encountered some really messed up stuff even in just the last six months. But may we remember, Trinity, may you remember that America is not the center of Christianity. May we remember that the authority is not the media, not the Congress, not the president. The center of Christianity and the ruler of the world is seated at the right hand of God right now. 
and of his kingdom there will be no end. You see, when you put our world's leaders up against the backdrop of our world's maker, you can find sustaining hope in times of darkness and need. Always hold your world's leaders against the backdrop of this world's creator. Our boss's boss beat death and gave his life for us. So this week, find some solace in the authority over all the authorities. And in your little corner of the world, exert your influence and authority in the ways that God lays out here for, for authority and exercising your authority. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it brings comfort to all walks of life. It even speaks to the authorities in our life. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.